ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser o Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser o Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dog Benfica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumaces. With me tonight, we got a we got a full house. Some on the mic, some not on the mic. But I'll start to my right. We'll go in uh, in uh, counterclock uh, wise as as I'm looking at people here. Cristiano is to my right. Cristiano Oliveira da Silva Ferreiros Mendes da Silva Ferreira Constantino. Hello, everyone, and uh, for those of you. That are joining us for the first time or the last time, whatever it may be, welcome to another Benfica podcast. That's right. Also in studio, we're just with the headphones on, but uh, with no mic. That's a good reason. Is, uh, is, <laughs> is Bruno. What's going on, Bruno? Nothing, man. Just hanging out. Coming here to, to help you guys out. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dave D. Oliveira is up in Canada, as always. What's happening, Dave? Nothing much. Good to be back on as well. And we have uh, somebody new joining us, Tiago from New Jersey. Tiago, introduce yourself uh, aos meninos e às meninas. What's going on, guys? First of all, thanks for uh, for having me. And um, well, I'm I'm Tiago, as Alfredo said. And just like everybody else who listens to this pod, I'm uh, diehard Benfiquista. Yeah, there you go. That's that's very simple, straight to the point. Uh, on tonight's uh, menu, we will look back at Benfica's last game of 2019 or of the decade for the Liga Nord at uh, at Stade Luz against Famalicão. Uh, Benfica won't play for the Liga Nord until next year. Uh, we'll also look ahead to uh, Braga, which is a game that comes up tomorrow as we record this for the Portuguese Cup. And also we'll preview the last uh, group stage Tasa de Liga game against Tubal, a game that uh, Benfica will does not control their destiny to go through into the uh, knockout stages. Uh, and we'll also talk about the the Europa League draw with Shakhtar. We'll, we'll have some more time to, to preview that game, but we'll, we'll just uh, offer our, um, our, our thoughts on, on our luck, or if you want to call it luck, of the draw. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, turn our attention now to, uh, Benfica's uh, weekend game against Famalicão, a team that's been the Cinderella team of the Liga Nos this year. I'll give you the lineup and we'll go from there. Vlacodimus was in goal, Tavares, Dias, Ferro and Grimaldo across the back, Tarabt and Gabriel in the midfield, Pizzi and Servi on the wing, Chiquinho behind Vinicius. Dave, not surprising. It's been working. If it's not broken, don't fix. What do you think? Yeah, of course. Don't uh, if it's not like you said, it's not broken. Uh, don't fix it here. But uh, yeah, another another uh, slow beginning to the game where uh, Benfica was just uh, filling out uh, Famalicão. Uh, didn't get onto the score sheet until I believe a uh, 36 minute, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, Vinicius. But uh, yeah, they uh, they pretty much controlled this game. Um, no real danger from the uh, the opposition, but uh, yeah, in terms of the starting eleven that we fielded, uh, Laj has uh, Gabriel and Tarap there penciled in. It seems like uh, in the middle, and uh, it's working. So, like you said, don't have to uh, to fix it. And right now, when we're playing against these uh, these Mankush, uh 
uh, we can get by with this uh, this lineup, and uh, it's working so far. Well, I think I think if you look at it, it's probably the best we have to offer. Cristiano, one nothing in the 39th minute. Chiquinho, and uh, Chiquinho, Vinicius from a feed from Chiquinho, 15 goals for Vinicius already, and that's in all competitions. Uh, I think it, it it's more than clear to say that Vinicius is our most prolific scorer at this point, most informed scorer at this point. Do you think that there's somebody in the in the squad right now that could uh, replace Vinicius? Nope. I think uh, the guy's been uh, finishing with the best of them. Like you said, he's putting away opportunities. Um, unlike the other two guys that have had the opportunity to play up top in Sferovic and uh, Raul de Tomas. So right now, I think it's an easy choice for, for Bruno Lage. That's the guy to go with. Uh, and as Dave stated before, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Tiago, I'll go to you now. Um, obviously, in hindsight, now there, there's a lot of things that a lot of conclusions that we can come with. But certainly, when you look at the the, the forwards that Bruno Lage had to pick from, um, in the beginning of the season, Finicius was probably your third choice. Yeah, he was definitely at the bottom of the pecking order. Um, main reason I, I'm, I'm going to assume is because of the preseason. He didn't have a full preseason with the team. Um, the team was here in the States playing the, the tournament and uh, Vinicius was signed. So um, I actually think he's done pretty well. Uh, being that he didn't have a full preseason with the with the team, he was able to gel quickly with the rest of his teammates. And, uh, you know, stats don't lie. And he's been, like you said, the most prolific scorer we have on the roster right now. Yeah, I, I totally agree with him. I mean, he came in with the least uh, flair of any, uh, you know, obviously when you consider the attention that uh, Raul de Tomas got, uh, and the guy's been just lights out. I mean, he, he's definitely the one I think I would I, I was expecting um, the least from out of the three Sferovic Raul Tomas, and he's been he's been the most prolific one. So kudos to him and you know for taking his opportunities and, and making them count. Yeah, my my biggest thing with Vinicius, and at the time I think that w there, there was some talk about uh, the buys of Vinicius and Kadish also. And my biggest thing about Vinicius, I, I didn't really rate Kadish all that much, but my biggest thing about Vinicius was um, he went to Napoli, couldn't make it there, ended up in Monaco. Had some chances, couldn't really make it there either. Um, I had my doubts in terms of what his quality uh, could be or what his worth could be. But like Shano says, kudos uh, to him for being able to take advantage of the opportunities. But the thing is that when you play for a team like Befica, uh, there's always a chance that you're going to score goals because you're going to be fed the ball. But you still need to make... Um, your presence felt. You still need to get in position, and I think that uh, that Vinicius has done um, quite enough to get to that point. Our biggest thing, and it's something that we are when before we came on and we turned on the mics, uh, was that Vinicius Cristiano is yet to prove himself in an international stage or even a bigger stage. Than he Liga scored, I mean, look, he scored goals. He scored a fantastic goal uh, in Leipzig. I mean, he's, he's done his job, right? But I, I think there's something like it. I just, I, I, I question his, his touch outside the box. You see a lot of times he gets a ball in open space and he fumbles it. And, and so right now, my only question with him is, 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 is you know, 
ability outside the box. You could definitely see that when he does get his opportunity in the box, he's finishing and he's putting them in the back of the net. Um, so he's a cold-blooded finisher. He knows how to finish. But outside the box is, is where I question. But if Benfica keeps giving him the type of service they've been getting, giving him over the last couple of weeks, look, uh, let's forget about playing outside the box because he's making them all count inside the box. Yeah. And look, uh, this family count team, there's a reason why this family count team is, it was in third as this game was taking place. They're now they've been surpassed by by Sporting. They're now in fourth. But there, there's there's a clear reason. Uh, and it showed in this game why family count is showing the way they are showing in, at the table right now. Uh, obviously, there's there's some foreign investment there. There's uh, there's some some men's. I did do mensch, if you will, with with some placement of players that uh, were uh, at Athletic Madrid. Um, but Thiago, how did you? Uh, what did you think of this family county, man? Actually, you know, it, it's it's a very interesting topic. You bring that up. I think that. What Fumalicão is doing this year is very good for the Portuguese league. We need more competition up top. We need, you know, we need teams to to put a little bit of pressure on 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 the big three. And um, I think they're they're a very good team. They play the they they play from the back very well. Um, in the beginning of the game, they played very compact with one another. They're they're a very organized team. Um, but then again. It shows you that these players, you, the players that they have on loan, are, are not players that that really play with their heart out for this team. Um, but they are a good team. They they are a very good team. They they play very well together. And um, I, I think what they're doing for for the Portuguese league this year is is phenomenal. Yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, getting away from the top three. Uh, and then having Braga and Guimarães in there, always, uh, you know, one of the, you know, the, the best of the rest is always good. But it's good to have these teams come up. It is and it isn't. I'm sorry. It but is. you've also you've also you've always complained here about the quality of the league. No, but, it, but that's what I'm saying. It's good because it brings the quality up. But it isn't because what they're doing with this club is not football. This is, you know, a bunch of low knees from big clubs throughout Europe that are here possibly just for the year. So now let's say they go back next year. Then what happens to the club? I mean, it's not long. It's not sustainable. And I so understand that. in that aspect, it's, you know, you know, it's going to be a flash in the pan. So when you look at it that way, it's not the greatest thing, but yeah, as far as this season and this season alone, yeah, absolutely. It brings, uh, it, it adds another club to the league that plays a lot at a higher, uh, at a lot higher level. Uh, that you would have otherwise had with the with the you know the obs of the world and the Juve Sense yeah. and stuff like obviously a lot more quality but you know, but, but there's I, always a negative uh, way to look at it as well. I understand what you're saying in terms of uh the revolving doors of, of talent because a lot of these players are on loan. But here's Fomalico now you set somewhat of a precedent to what the quality is that you need to have, right? So regardless of how the year goes and, and let's just uh, speculate that they finish uh, top four, top five, I think, gets you into European competitions. Can you afford to lose talent and go to Europe? Or do you feel that because of the precedent that you set, you're going yeah, to but, need but, to replace that talent? That's the risk you run. Even if I, I don't think they're going to finish in the top five because I think eventually uh, Guimarães and Braga will do just enough to, to, to get past them. But let's say they do finish top five and they get a European spot. And let's say the parent clubs call these players back. 
Let's just say they call him back for one reason or another. Now what happens to Fumalico? Now they're going to go into European qualification next year and embarrass Portugal in the coefficients. If for those of you that do care about it, it's going to take another dump. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there's again, there's positives and there's negatives. It, it, the positive is if they're able to sustain it, if they're able to keep, you know, this, 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 you know, uh, the feed from other clubs, from these other major European clubs, if they're able to, to feed these guys um, year after year, yeah, it's great for the club. It's great for the league. But how long will this go on? That's yeah. the question. Because, you know, at some point, right, these these billionaires and millionaires, these guys that are involved in making these decisions, they want to return. once they stop or start losing money, they're not making money on their investment, it, you know, some way, somehow it's going to get cut. That yeah. investment will get cut. Then what happens to Family Gone? So it's like, look, it's great. It's a great story, but I would have liked him to. I, I would have liked if they would have built it organically from within, um, because then it allows them to lose a player, two players, and still be okay. But right now, the way they're set up, they lose their key players. It's like you have no chance, my man. Pack it up, go back to second division, and then struggle to possibly, you know, to, to make it back up in the next few years. How many points? How many points do you have? Can you look up that real quick, uh, Dave? How many points does Premier don't have? 24. Let's take a look here. I think they're at 24. They've yeah. lost like three out of the last I mean, five I or six. I think that the magic number to uh, stay at uh, first. In the you're first. at 24 right now. Yeah, yeah. The, I think the magic number to stay in the first league, I think, is either 30 or 35 points. If no, you, no one's if questioning that what, no well, one's they, questioning they, they're going to stay. stay. They're going to stay in the first league without a shadow of the a doubt. The future is a big enigma. But I don't, I, I'm, I'm just question questioning mark. if they're going to finish in the top five. Right. So Benfica comes out of uh, the locker room and uh, and the floodgates open. Scored really early, uh, 48 minutes in, two nothing by PT. 63rd minute, three nothing again. PT uh, with Chiquinho uh, uh, feeding him. I think Chiquinho also fed him on a yeah on three assists. Yeah, three um, assists. Four straight game uh, scoring in the Liga Nosh for uh, for for PT and uh, Dave. He's he's having quite a career year this year. Yeah, he's already brought his uh, total up to 18 uh, with his previous high being 15. So he's already up to 18. I haven't even hit the uh, halfway uh, mark of the uh, season yet, but uh, we call him the Monku Master. So he produces against these uh, smaller clubs. And uh, I, I saw another stat there where he's at uh, 18, uh, Vinicius is at 14, and then uh, Benfica's third. Yeah, Benfica's third top goal scorer is uh, Rafa and Seferovic at, at four goals each. So there's a big drop-off after those two well, uh, I, up front. And I'm glad you bring that up. And I'm glad you bring that up. Depends on who you ask. Because I thought it was absolute asinine. And I like the guy, Elder Contudo, fantastic job. But I think it's absolute asinine to say, well, you know, the league isn't 14, but, you know, to us, of course, he's got 15. Come on, dude. Listen, I don't give a shit what official you think. Official is official. I don't give a shit what a baller. Th- oh, the baller has him at 15. I don't give a shit what you, with the grandmother. I don't, I don't care. The league has it at 14. You're no one with the authority to sit there and say the guy's got fit. He's got 14 goals. Yeah, I didn't like it. I don't like the fact they took it away. At the end of the day, official is official. Your yeah. opinion counts for nothing. Yeah. I'm sorry, and I like the guy. But come on, that's asinine to do that. And that's the type of stuff that when people, they're not Bifikistas and they listen and they watch Bifikistas, they're like, oh, come on, they're homers. That's why when they finally do something with substance, it's hard to take them serious because they say shit like that and embarrass themselves, right? And their word stands for nothing because I don't give a shit about your opinion. It's about what the league stands for. The official is official. Official's 14. I don't care what you and the baller think. Right, right. Um, Bro, I think uh, you know. I think I'm Tom Cruise. And I, <laughs> you don't see me in Top Gun. I saw. I saw a stat. I think it was before the this weekend's uh, sporting game that said both 
combined, Vinicius and Pizzi had more goals scored than Sporting. Can you confirm that, Dave? Yeah, it does. Uh, 18 plus 14 is... <laughs> and then let's go here to the table. And Sporting has uh, 24 goals. So there you go. They do have more goals than uh, Sporting. By a handful. Now, I just wanted to say this. And you guys have bad memories because Tiago, you listen. You, I'm assuming you well, listen to oh, last Pizzi week. Pizzi doesn't have Pizzi has 14 goals. There, he's tied with uh, Vinicius in the league, I think. Huh? Well, okay, if we're talking just league competition, Pizzi has 11 and uh, Vinicius has 10. All right, so that's 24. So then that's 25. No, that's 25. Wait, 11 and 10. Oh, 11 is. You got totally shut up. <laughs> You know you can't turn tune to us for, for no, math. No, that's, for I'm sure. the math guy. Now, what I was going to say is, yeah, Tiago, if you listen to last week's Mifika podcast, to the rest of you that are listening, I would have saved you about two hours if you would have listened to me because last week I predicted a 4-0 result. And, I mean, you guys should have just listened to me, put down the result, you know what I mean? Had yourself a grand all Saturday. but Fugaces. A lot of people don't know what that is. That's why I didn't say They it. make fugaces in... Uh, They suck. I had them up north and it was terrible. Tondela, right? Is it Tondela? Oh, Tondela. Is it Tondela, I think, where they have fugaces? That's where Sporting dances, too. Oh, Tondela. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I had them. I had them up north. They were terrible. They were just dried and yeah. oh, it was terrible. Anyway, the, the fourth goal was scored by uh, by Caillou, who has just uh, come in for Chiquinho in the 84th minute. Another assist by Pizzi. And again, the pregnant celebration. I, I mean, th there's a lot of coincidence here with how many people are pregnant, the pregnant uh, uh, game talk in at the, at the half in the locker room. Tiago, what do you make of Is this something in the water? What's going on? I think everybody's getting in on the action. Um Maybe they want to, maybe they could serve as inspiration, you know, give uh, a halftime speech. And maybe next week is uh, Caillou's turn to give the halftime speech and get everybody motivated. Yeah. I, it, maybe, Cristiano, it has to do that. Uh, I think, wasn't it at one point, uh, Bruno Lage wasn't having the players uh, come to the Kaishif Ball Camp the, the day well, before Brun the Lage. game? Bruno Lage broke that. What happened is they do the stage, you, you know, under, under Vittoria and everything. The, if even if they played at home, they'd come in the night before and they would sleep in a hotel the night so before. So maybe now the night the and night before he, and he cut that. He cut that. I think the first game they did it or say it was against football the Porto and things did not go well. And a lot of people criticized the fact that they weren't doing the stadium. So no they longer. didn't go back? Uh, I don't think I don't think I don't think they're doing it anymore. I think the home games, he lets them stay at home, just show up game day. So maybe that's when so they're getting that, busy. That extra night, that extra night, you know, the the, the anxiety, the the butterflies in the stomach, the players gotta even release. though it's not recommended, they gotta release well. Who says? There's some coaches. A lot. Some coaches I've said have a lot of stuff because it releases stress. It releases stress. Why not? Yeah, but also makes them tired. That's probably why the lack of uh, Benfica's uh, playing in the beginning of the year. Esses guys têm aquelas máquinas em casa. Eles deitam-se e aquilo os tratores fazem o trabalho todo. Tired. Eu estava ali com um big old smile, hands behind my head, like vai lá. So it's what you're trying to say. It's like the grass that's still loose. Os tratores andam, That's not that shit. Don't get you tired. Put them out of those. You act like these guys are porn stars. Oh, they're three hours. Listen, uh, I, I was against it. I, 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 
I think if, if I had, obviously I don't, nobody gives a shit about what I say, but if it was up to me, I, I, I would do the whole come in the night before. And Christina, let me ask you this. From your experience, if you engage in in funny business the night before, do you feel tired the next day? Well, I'm I'm a firm believer that you have to go to church first. I'm I don't do none of those things, bro. I'm a good uh, Catholic boy, bro. Till marriage, that shit's prohibited. No, not at least, right? Um, so three points uh, against this family count team, and uh, big thing. Uh, and I'll ask you this, uh, Dave, uh, in the post post game conference. Um, Post game press conference, Elijah was asked by one of the the the, the media uh, reporters on the media room, "What is the <laughs> what is the difference? What is the difference when this Benfica?" And he said that one of the biggest differences was the changing of the pitch. Really, I don't like. I don't know about that. If they want to play it, put an excuse on the pitch. I think that's a weak excuse. But I, I'm still here scratching my head too because it's the pretty much the exact same lineup that we saw not even less than three weeks ago that was struggling against uh, Covilla and uh, Vizela and these bamboos from the third division, and, and now they're clicking. So I don't know what's what's gone on. If it's something that's clicked for the players, if it's something that's clicked for Laj, um, if they want to blame it on the grass or, or praise the new grass. Sure. Why not? But I, I find it very difficult to, to see that they, their whole, uh, their whole system has changed because of the, the grass that they're, they're playing on because they, they've gone to different uh, stadiums across uh, Portugal and Europe uh, with different uh, pitches as well. But uh, sure. If that's what they want to, uh, the praise go right ahead, but I'm not buying it. Is anyone really surprised that he was going to come out? at some point and say that the grass is made of if anyone's a screenwriter and our good friend here thinks he's uh some type of tarantino guy he writes scripts and stuff that this is a chapter right out of a, a writer's book right at some point you knew if the team was gonna have some type of good consistent results after one after another he had to mention the grass because he's gonna justify his poor play previous he had to say that because he used it as an excuse prior and now like look i told you so and now you're kind of like, oh, shit. You so know you, what? You're right. Maybe the grass was really bothering you. So you because think, it bothered you, but the opposition wasn't bothered but, at all. But, but you, you, yeah. But you think, um, do. do you think that's, do you think that's a valid excuse? And coming, and, and I'm, the reason why I'm asking you this is because I know that you've, you've played in, in, in tons of surfaces, good and bad, uh, from Park dos Mosquitos to, uh, to Giant Stadium. Yes. So you, you've played in, in different surfaces, right? Does this surface affect the style of the team if the no, style of the team it, is to touch with, the ball? Without a doubt, it does. But I think to say it affects only me and it doesn't affect the opposition, I think it's an excuse because it affects both of us. It affects both teams. And it's like Benfica wasn't able to 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 wasn't able to play their game, right? As as we've said, uh as as we've said multiple times here, right? In the first couple of months. They weren't able to assert themselves. But the opposition had no problem in doing so. Yeah, you've seen their players slip as well, but they, they did what they had to do. It was only Benfica that couldn't touch the ball. Porto played on that same surface. What, what do you think? Porto had special cleats? Uh, Porto, today we're going to give you, you know, the, the, the medicine. You know what I mean? Like, Porto doesn't make sense. But I think the, the biggest question is, it could does affect it, it, but it affects a team that whose style depends a lot on having a good playing surface? Yes. 
a good surface will benefit a team that likes to keep the ball on the, on the floor. But I don't think that Benfica's problem was that they weren't touching the ball. I think it was more than that. I just think they weren't playing well. And to use, and as I sit here, Dave, you recall, as I sat here multiple times and I said it then, it was an excuse to bring up the grass, to bring up the condition of the field. Yeah, it wasn't ideal, but they played on worse surfaces on the road than they did at home when the conditions were, when the grass at the time was under those conditions. So I don't, look, to me, it's just, it was like, bro, just you, as bad as it might have been compared to this new grass, to this new surface, it was still better than 90% of the surfaces throughout Portuguese football. And they did fine on the road. They're holding their own. About what Porto didn't play on the same on the yeah. same grass. Leipzig didn't play on the same grass. The team that came to to, to the league, they weren't playing on the same surfaces. He he. See, that's one one problem I have with Laj. He he tends to give you a nice speech with a lot of go rounds. He'll never sit there and and take blame. He'll you know, oh, this is the lineup I had to pick against an opponent. You know, this is the guys that I felt would do the best. No, just come out and say, "Listen, I screwed up," <laughs> you know, and and next week we'll we'll do better. But he just sits there with a carousel of 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 well spoken excuses, pretty much, because he, he's. If you listen to, and, and I have a tendency to listen to his pre uh, pre game and and post game conferences, um, the post game more he'll he never he'll never admit that you know the team didn't play well. He'll always, oh, you know, the pitch was bad, or, or, you know, we didn't, we didn't do this right, or, it's never, never comes out and, and just says, listen, I screwed up, you know. Yeah, I think he's only done it once before. I mean, two of the he, biggest he, games that he lost he, this year, Porto. And I shouldn't say he lost. He lost the game to Porto at home, where he got absolutely outcoached by 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 that by whatever you want to call that dude up north, that, that in Riva, Pitbull, whatever you want to call him. Uh, Cujo, right? Cujo. 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 <laughs> and then this game, they didn't lose, but it felt like a loss, which was the 2-0 into the 90th minute against Leipzig. And, like, he lost. He, I keep saying lost. He, Benfica lost the three points because of his coaching, because of him. Absolutely. Like, at some point, like, let's just say, look, guys, we tried some things. They're not going well. I just don't want to hear about the grass. I don't want to hear about because, again, all 22 men on the field are playing on the same surface. Any other team is not using it as an excuse. Just yeah. like, yo, like Tiago said, things aren't always going to go well. To come out and say, look, we tried today. Things just didn't come out as we planned. You know, next week we'll be back. Yeah, there's only been one time where he said the team is not playing their best football right now. But it wasn't, you know, the game against Leipzig, he didn't come out and say, This is entirely on me. I I I screwed up. I should have. You didn't say it, uh, but there's been instances where he could have stepped up and said, "Look, this is on me. I made the wrong decisions." And we respect him for that too. Yeah, the thing with with uh, with Laj that that I've been noticing more and more, he has changed his his speeches or his, his discourse at these press conferences to kind of address some of the criticism that's been thrown at him. Uh, both by the media and, and, and both by uh, the majority of, of Benficistas out there. So he definitely has a pulse on what people think. And I think that he, he got away from being that guy that explains the game, that explains situations of the game, to now uh, addressing certain situations. Like the issue uh, when Zivkovic played, uh, he said, oh, uh, some people like to see their heroes play. Um 
not necessary. He doesn't need to address anything, any criticism that the media is is uh, is throwing at him, especially because of the precedent he set when he first became Benfica's coach and how we approach each one of the press conferences. Now he just seems to to kind of go after and he, he almost has that subject in the fact that he's going to defend one of his choices uh, or or media criticism that he has that ready as a segue to any question. You know, but we're, one thing about this beautiful world is that we're all different, right? And I want my guy to stick to on the field stuff, right? Just soccer per se, right? My coach in a press conference. There's guys that appreciate them beauty. And, and look, and I'm not going to say I didn't like it, right? But the beautiful speeches he gave about humanity and and people in Portugal and vote, like go vote. It, it's it's cool, but like one time, then I want to hear about the game. Like I want to hear about what's going on with the team. I want to hear why isn't this guy playing? I want to hear what the hell happened to Samadis, who was a starter last year at the end of the year, key key player, Florentino. Now he's not even convocado. Look, it's cool to give those speeches, but I think. Once you flood the room with the shitload of those speeches, yeah, people start tuning you on. You know, it's kind of like the whole, you know, I'm having a baby thing. It's worked for the five, last four or five guys, but, you know, I think if you're going to go down the rock with 28 guys, it's going to get to a point like, yeah, but that's far the you know what I mean? Like, it, it, you, know, it's, you know, it's funny, Chris, me and, me and, me and Alfredo were talking the other day. Um, about uh, a couple of things with, with Laj and, and it's like I told Alfredo, it just seems that sometimes he shows up to play checkers when the other coaches are playing chess and he gets totally out coached. And it's, it's evident that, you know, his, his, his knowledge of UEFA champions league is, is very minimal and it shows. And at some point, if Befica wants to, make you know a splash in and champions league they're gonna have to get a champions league caliber coach that knows knows how to play chess for chess Look. i wouldn't say i think that's it's definitely been a learning experience for him and definitely for, uh, in the international level i think that you know taking aside the the, the the quality of the team that you're fielding and which is not your strongest 11 taking that away he's been out coaching some of these games he was a, a, a out Look, coach I, against I, I, I don't want to i don't want to i don't want to head down the road of about live right uh, about not because i know I'm, i'm gonna get slack for people on twitter because they're gonna say well you're gonna talk because you want jj back obviously i think jj's superior coach but the fact that it matters that lodge is our coach now and i want nothing but success for the guy but realistically with what you guys are saying you're right you're right right obviously there's been a couple of games where he's left a lot to be desired but at the same time guys look for benfica he's perfect you know what i mean he plays their young guys he's gonna win Uh, 85% of the games. 90, no, in the Portuguese league, 95% of the games, you know, Benfica is going to be ahead of everybody at the end of the, and everybody's going to be content. So he does just enough. Yeah, you can't take that away from him either. I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's not, it's not a fluke that, you know, he only loses one game, ties one game. And what does he have? Like 34 wins? Uh, it's something it's like something 30 out of 32 or something like that. Yeah. Now, so, but, I mean, it's not a fluke that, that, that's happened. But look, you guys are familiar with uh, with the Lewis Hamilton in Formula One, right? You give me his number 44 car, he put me up here on Ferry Street in Newark, uh, uh, Tiago, and you get a little Volkswagen Golf. You might be a better driver than me because you drive that big old truck over there. Hey, boy. But 
gonna bust your ass with that number 44. You ain't beating me if you're giving me that 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 Mercedes. What is it, Williams? Whatever the hell that is. Mercedes. Mercedes. Challenge accepted, Chris. Challenge accepted. You're not catching me with that <laughs> with, with with that rabbit, that Volkswagen rabbit. You ain't, you know what I mean? Like, so it don't matter if I'm a better driver than you or not. I'll, you just ain't never gonna do nothing to me, unless a flat tire. You know, over here, Bruno switching my tire in the pit. Then you could, you, know, you get an opportunity. Right. But that, it ain't happening. So Lodge every week, it's got the better horses. It's got right. The better race. Let's car. um. Talking about switching, let's switch uh, gears now to uh, the upcoming games with the first one coming up tomorrow as we record this against Braga for the the Portuguese uh, Cup. And uh, Braga hasn't been doing all that great domestically, Dave, um, but they have been doing well in uh, in Europe. What's happening? Yeah, Braga? yeah domestically, they're in 10th place uh, this season with uh, five wins, three draws, and uh, six defeats under uh, Sapinto as their uh, coach there. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is shocking. And uh, but they did top their group for the uh, Europa League in a group with uh, Wolves and uh, Besiktas. There they finish uh, first in their group, uh, but they have also got a a tough draw against uh, Rangers uh, in Scotland. Great. Yeah, New York Rangers against uh, Panarin. But uh, yeah, Rangers for Braga. But uh, and historically, Benfica against Braga and the uh, Tasa. Um, six wins in uh, 11 previous meetings. Uh, but uh, at the Estadio de Luz, Benfica has won four and only lost uh, once uh, while playing against Braga for this uh, tournament here. And that loss, if you guys recall, Benficistas, that was the last game of Enzo Perez. It comes out at the half. Unless that game on penalties, right? He comes out at the half. A lot of Benficistas were upset. He didn't say goodbye, waved to anybody. He didn't really have an opportunity. He just came out at the half. No one expected him not to come back in the second half. He subbed out, never came back. Benfica lost the game. And interestingly enough, there's this, this is a stat I remember from that day, and I'm surprised. I'm either way off, which in that case you're going to have to excuse me, or I'm just surprised nobody's even talking about this because that game was the first game that Braga had beaten Benfica at Stade de Luz since like 1954-56. Yeah, in a long, long time. Nobody's ever talking about it. I mean, that is a long, long time. And that'll be exactly five years uh, tomorrow. So that happened December 18th, to, uh, 2014. So they play again on uh, December 18th, uh, five years later, since Braga beat uh, Benfica 2-1 at the Estadio de Luz. Yeah, but... Uh... Tiago, Benfica in the last uh, five games at Stade Luge uh, has not allowed a goal. Uh, and uh, in the first round of the Liga Nord this year, Benfica beat Braga uh, 4-0. What are your uh, expectations for this game? I mean, they're just going to have to come out and, and, you know, just play their game. And... Um, I've seen I've seen a, a, a couple of things that Benfica has improved on. Um, if you look back at the Fumalicone game, not to go back to that, but um, they Tarant and Gabriel are two very good passers, and Benfica has a tendency now to use that diagonal cross, which worked out for them very well. Um, I think Beasy scored one of the goals on a diagonal pass, and he had another one saved by the keeper. Um, they just they just need to come out and, and explore Braga's weaknesses and and just play their game. Um, Befica last game, 85th minute up 4-0. They're still with the high press. So 
They just need to come out, play their game, dictate the, the, the tempo, and just bring it to them. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that there's no uh, way around it. I think that uh, considering that the, the League Cup is probably going to be a foregone conclusion, um, really need to concentrate on the Portuguese Cup, especially because it's a trophy that Benfica has underperformed historically uh, on. Uh, there's been, I, I forget what the stat is. I, I heard Baquero say the stat. I think Benfica has only won two uh, Portuguese Cups in the past 15 years. I, Something I think, ridiculous I think it's like four that. Four in the last 30. Yeah, something, something ridiculous. Like and and look, I think that, um, yes, it's it's great to to win the league and and to celebrate at uh, at uh, Marques Pombal, but winning that Portuguese Cup and that historic stadium, uh, and going up and down those those stairs, I think that is that is uh, an image that's uh, that's often engraved in people's memories. And Befica hasn't done quite nearly. Uh, enough of uh, of that, and we we expect this team to uh, be uh, be on there. Um, Dave, in terms of rotation, what do you think? I mean, Laj already said that he doesn't think there's going to be much rotation, or, or there's been four days now between you know the Famalicão game and the Braga game. He doesn't think he's going to be much rotation. Are you expecting any rotation, or just maybe a couple select positions? No, I wouldn't expect uh, rotation on this game. If you're going to rotate the squad, I would do it on uh, Saturday against uh, Stubal, where we, uh, like you had said before, we don't necessarily control our own uh, destiny in that uh, competition. So I would feel the uh, strongest 11 in this uh, competition. You've got a, uh, a tough opponent in Braga, one of the more competent teams uh, in the uh, Portuguese uh, uh, division here. So... Field your strongest 11 uh, on this uh, tournament. Try to uh, get a result to go through into the next round. And uh, if you want uh, rotation going into the uh, holiday break, use uh, Saturday's game as a as a squad rotation game. Shannon, what do you think, man? About? About uh, rotating. Uh, I don't think there'll be much rotation anymore. I think I think there's a possibility Zobling, Zlovin, I should Zlobin, say. Zlovin, yeah. Zlovin gets in there, but I I don't think there will be much, much, uh, much, uh, many other uh, changes. I think, uh, as you guys just said, right, and uh, and I'm sorry for being repetitive here, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think Benfica uh, is probably aware of the fact, uh, you know, because Vaquero does such a great job for Zeta Zeta, Benfica FM and Ubrinco and everywhere else he's at. He needs to come on Benfica podcast as well. <laughs> We got to, might as well throw a bit in there. Uh, just to make things interesting, but as he as he said so so well in his article, Benfica's really had a tough go at this competition over the last 30 years, and so you know hopefully Benfica does take it seriously. Um, not many changes, and, and and they go out there to win this game. You know Braga is a team as you guys have mentioned is in 10th place. They're going to come in with something to prove because they realistically they know they understand they have no shot at the at the Liga Nos title. And maybe they could, you know, surprise a few people and uh, try to get a trophy here. So, you know, they'll take it seriously. Um, and every time a team plays Benfica, at the start of the loser alone, it, you know, they're going to take it as serious as can be. So you never know. You never know what's going to happen. So hopefully Benfica sticks with uh, with what has been working over the last couple of weeks. And you know what? Save some of those squad rotations for Stubel and uh, on Saturday because that'll be a game for Masters. You know what I mean? 
So not yeah. anymore. Not anymore. He's got. He's not even at Wolverine yeah, no he's more. Got, he's, he's gone, gone everywhere. Yeah. The guy. Um, I have to. I have to uh, quickly excuse myself and and correct myself. The game against Braga was the fourth game of the league, uh, and that was following the game against Porto, which Benfica lost. Of course, they came back and they beat Braga four nothing uh, back in uh, September first of uh, of this year. Um, so as as you've heard, Stubble comes up this Saturday, League Cup. Dave, out of our control. Out of our hands. Yeah, it is because of that uh, result we had earlier against Covia. Uh, uh, and uh, so now we have to hope that they put a result against uh, Guimarães uh, in order for us to uh, have any chance of uh, reaching the semifinals of uh, this tournament. So, like I said, if uh, we're picking a game to rotate the players, I would throw a lot of the uh, young guys and the reserves against that uh, game against Stubal and uh, see what uh, we can do because like even if we do pull out the win we still need uh, help in that uh, tournament so use that as a experiment game and get some guys uh, some minutes there Tiago any thoughts on that game yeah I, I was I was just gonna mention real quick I, I don't think that you're gonna see much of a squad rotation for Befica from here until the end of the year yeah. I think he's gonna he's gonna he's he's up against it now and he's gonna have to to field his his best players. Till the end of the year or the season? Till the end of the season. Okay, because the year is like two weeks away, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Till the end of this year and then into <laughs> next next year. <laughs> yeah, into that's, April. That's tough, man, because uh, there'll be guys coming back from uh, injury. There'll be guys, uh, certainly, hopefully not too many, getting injured. Uh, but, but yeah, man, I, I agree with you, man. And um, we could we could get into this, this Shakhtar uh, preview now uh, to... The, the draw for the Europa League knockout stages was held uh, on Monday, which was uh, yesterday, and Befica drew uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, and the, the way the fixtures break up is going to be on the 20th. Uh, Befica will have that first leg uh, in the Ukraine. Uh, it will not be at Shakhtar's home stadium, uh, as you guys are aware, because of the conflicts in, in the Ukraine between rebel forces and, and, and Russia. Uh, that area of uh, of the Ukraine uh, is not a safe area. So Shakhtar has actually been playing their home games away from their uh, home pitch uh, in Donetsk. Uh, and then on the 27th, at Stadiluz, because Befica, that, I think that's how it worked out, because Befica was was a top-seeded team. Top-seeds usually uh, hold uh, the last game uh, at home, if I'm not mistaken. I'm sure that, yeah, you're correct. that our fact-checker will uh, will correct me. Um, we'll, we'll get in. in, in I'll, I'll start with, uh, with, uh, with you, Cristiano. Shakhtar, accessible or not? Well, we have to think about This is in February 18th. This will be the first right. official game for Shakhtar after coming off their break. When the 20th. Yeah, the 20th and the 27th is when the fixtures will be played. Oh, I thought it was the 18th. I don't know why I got the 18th. They're saying the 20th, bro. I'm lost. David, Villa Ispa. Yeah, on 00, it's uh, showing here as 0220. So. 220. <laughs> This guy, I'm sorry. Uh, I should have listened to my stats guy. The 20th, the 20th. That being said, it's still Benfica. What Benfica will show up? Because as we've seen, you go back last month, Benfica was a totally different team than what they are now. If they're able to keep up this consistency and this level of play, 
you know, I, I think things will be easier. And then you throw in the fact that Shakhtar is going to be coming off a long, a, a long break. Um, but I, I do think that Shakhtar do uh, have a lot of quality as well. And I think don't sleep on Shakhtar. Don't sleep. They have a Portuguese coach that knows the yeah. Portuguese football very well, knows Benfica very well. And they do have some game changers um, that could absolutely pose uh, uh, some threats and a lot of headaches to, to, to our defensive unit. So uh, again, I, I'm I'm gonna say I've seen some people say 65-35 Benfica. I think it's it's a little closer to 50-50. The only advantage I really give Benfica is the fact that they'll be playing, and as opposed to their team will be coming off a break. But we know they're gonna be playing plenty of scrimmages. It's not the same, but they'll, they'll be ready to play as well. But I think it's a lot closer to 50-50 than uh, than the other way. Yeah, Tiago, let me ask you this: How big of a factor will Luis Castro be, and your expectations on this uh, on this fixture? Well, being that he's um. He's a man from up north. He's going to have, um, you know, that, that vendetta that all coaches that coach up north have against Mefica. Um, he has his team. He has his team playing pretty good. Uh, I think they're like 14 points clear of the second place team. So they're, I mean, it's not a very strong league, but they're this time of the season, they're, they're way up there. And uh, I think, like Chris said, is it depends on what. Mayfica team shows up. Um, they they barely got eliminated from the Champions League. Um, three goals in the last, I think, like twenty five minutes against Atlanta. You know, and a red card that they they got too. Um, pretty much sealed the deal for them. But you know, they they were they were there for seventy five minutes in in being the team that was going to go through, and with a red card and then suffering three goals. Um, they dropped down to the Europa League, so they're 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 a pretty good team. Um, and again, like Mefica just has to to exploit their weaknesses, and depending on which Mefica team shows up, is uh, going to dictate the the result. Yeah, Dave, quick thoughts. Yeah, for being a, a seeded team, this is uh, probably one of the worst possibilities in terms of the draw that Benfica uh, could get. They got to go to the uh, cold climate. Um, it is Shakhtar, who's a, a team like uh, Thiago said, that just also comes from the uh, Champions League competition into the Europa League. Uh, they have uh, Luis Castro coaching them uh, as well. And let's not forget, this guy was also one of the guys that were met was mentioned to uh, take over after uh, Rui Vitoria uh, was uh, dismissed last uh, year. They ended up going with um, Bruno Lage and keeping him on for the rest of the season. But there were talks at that time that uh, he was being looked at as a replacement for uh, Rui Vitoria. So lots going in, lots of stories going into uh, this matchup here. But uh, I feel like uh, this was one of the teams that I would have liked to avoid uh, going into the draw. But uh, we could have said the same thing last year against Galatasaray, where Benfica had struggles against uh, Turkish clubs, especially playing in Turkey. But um, we turned that fixture around and uh, went through uh, last year. So I'm we'll see you. what happens. I'm with you, Dave. I mean, this is definitely a team I would have liked to avoid. You would consider Benfica was, but they made so much noise about them being in pot one. And then Benfica goes and draws a team that's coming just like themselves from the Champions League uh, competition in third place. So uh, with a lot, 
you know, other teams that I, I think would have been a lot easier for Benfica to face. I, I think it was it, it was very unlucky for Benfica to get the, the the likes of Shakhtar because, as I said, they they could definitely surprise. They're just like Benfica, team that's playing in the Champions League, a team that that you know in the previous years have had very good results in some of the biggest um, stadiums in the world against some of the biggest teams in the world. They definitely pose a threat, uh, and I, I think it was you know very very unlucky for Benfica considering the other options. Yeah, it could have been that that team that nobody could pronounce that uh, ended up uh, drawing Sporting. Could have been Rangers. I mean, Rangers is easier. Yeah. I mean, like you know, there's other teams that that are a lot easier. Yeah. Then I think in in all fairness too, it depends on the style of the team and how they match up against Benfica, right? Like for for Rangers, for example, we know what we're gonna get. We're gonna get physical. We're gonna get direct. This Shakhtar team is a team that that likes to touch the ball around, has some of that Brazilian touch. Then you have Luis Castro, which is also, uh, I consider him a decent coach. He did a very good job at, at Guimarães. Shakhtar has, has quite, they have players on that team that can play Benfica easily. easily. Very, you know, some of those Brazilians, they always do a great job recruiting Brazilians. I don't understand how these guys go from the beautiful tropical weather to cold ass <laughs> Ukraine. Well, not but only that, but you also talk about an unstable reg region oh, yeah, with, with some 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 war issues. Yeah, But, you know, the positive side is Benfica's got new grass, so things are looking up. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're going to go play on some frozen uh, grass, maybe right. even some artificial turf as well yeah. uh, out in the cold there. Yeah, Shakhtar plays at Donbass Arena in Kharkiv. Wait, Donbass? Dumb. Is that named after our Don producer? Donbass. <laughs> Dumbass. Don, Don, B-O-N-B-A-S-S. Donbass. Um, so anyway, um, quick to the quick couple quick things just to, to finish up here um, the, the podcast. And, and uh, we're going to be recording a time added on tonight. Uh, we want to save some, some topics for time added on. But uh, here's a couple things. One thing that has, I think, 100% of Benfica world excited is the prospect of Benfica possibly signing Julian Weigel from, from Dortmund, who has been out of favor, but now because of uh, Witzel's injury, is now featuring today he scored a goal and quite a goal for Dortmund. But what's been reported is that Benfica has approached uh, his agent to see what the options are. And, and from what we're hearing, he's out of favor uh, with the coach at, at Dortmund. And there may be a possibility. Cristiano. Sim, sim, sim. Boa sorte. Boa sorte. When he shows up at the aeroporto, Humberto Delgado, I'll be there to pick him up. All right. I'll be there. Tiago. Yeah, when he's there, when he's there with, uh, with uh, Chris's boy Urelias signing the contract, that's when I'll believe it. Tiago, Tiago, behind the giant use, shirt. Because we use you, can we use your eighteen? Uh, yeah, your eighteen wheeler to pick him up. Me and you together. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's we'll get it. We'll get it over there. Yeah, when it's ready. Why? Right. <laughs> got a party bus. Why? No, because the bus, the bus, because it'll be like Night Rider. You know, you got the trailer <laughs> he's riding. He's yep. riding the. He's driving in the front, and I'm in the back with Weigel. Weigel and Urelias. <laughs> Dave, what do you think, man? Uh, it's all this coming up to the uh, silly uh, transfer market uh, season. So I take everything with a grain of salt until, like we said, they're right there taking the picture in front of the big jersey. So yeah, look, don't uh, get. I love, I love for it to happen, Dave and Tiago and Alfredo and the rest of the Benfica. Every, I would love. I mean, I would love to get this guy's eighteen wheeler over there across the pond. But you know, <laughs> I, but I listen. It'd be great. But if you're not familiar with uh, with Julian Weigel, he's a he's a guy that. It's very similar to uh, to Gabriel plays in a box box number eight uh, position. 
uh, 23 or 24 years old, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's 24. But uh, similarity ends that they play in the same position. That's where it ends. Yeah. <laughs> he's not a box-to-box? -box? Yeah, that, that's where it ends. Well, yeah. If, it if, ends if, it. Yeah. <laughs> Not not the the, uh, the style not obviously yeah. is different. I mean, I mean you're talking about uh, it'd be uh, it'd be it'd be a tremendous signing. I just look. I hope it's true, and I and I would love to come on here and say, "Woo, Thiago, get that truck ready, baby!" But I just don't see it. Uh, let's. Um, I hope I'm wrong. The other the other name that was that was, was mentioned. It was actually it wasn't mentioned. Uh, there was an interview uh, with Nico Gaitan, and Gaitan uh, expressed his. Uh, his willingness and his openness to, uh, and even said that would love to come back to Benfica. And of course, that's been uh, shut down by Brun Lage when asked. Uh, he said he doesn't, he, it's great. Uh, and uh, we thank him for, for all the service, but he doesn't fit the profile of the player that we're looking for. So take it as you will. I don't know what the profile is, but we, Nico Gaitan is going to be one of the topics that we'll be discussing on Time Added On this week. So I don't know if uh, Dave. Uh, we'll start with Tiago. Let's start with <laughs> my my Twitter feed was blowing up with um, with people talking about uh, you know let's get Gaetan, let's get Gaetan, but um, I think he's he's a little bit past the age of Benfica being able to make any money on him. So I think from the top down to uh, Runlage, he's been instructed to uh, that that's just a pipe dream. Yeah. I think uh, my biggest thing is is uh, the money uh, that he's coming to make, right? Because I think the profile, and, and I could be wrong, the profile has to be either you're a guy that goes straight into the 11, that you have those skills, that you go straight into the 11, or you're a youngster with a tremendous progression margin that will be able to make money on you. Okay, so can I jump in? First of all, I think it's absolutely depressing, depressing to the fact that I want to cry. That they would just discard him right off the bat. It's the because I don't think he'd come. I think 1.5 you get Nico Gaitan. You understand? It's not it's not cheap, but it's not expensive. I think you get a player of his caliber, player that's gonna come in with 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 experience, a player that's gonna you know teach these young bucks how to do it the Benfica way. He's gonna add depth to the qua to the squad. I just to me it makes all the sense. And then when it makes too much sense, it's never gonna happen. Um, but I want to stick to the subject because you just mentioned right off radio now, and I'll correct me if I'm wrong. You said he doesn't fit the profile because he doesn't go right into the starting 11, right? Right? Yes yeah, or no? Yeah. yeah. And then the other one, the criteria, you said he's not young. Yep. Okay. Well, so, that, that, that's what I think the, okay, okay, the, okay, okay, the okay, profile okay. is. Okay. So now, now, anybody please freaking correct me and help me out here. Which one of those freaking criteria does Raul de Tomas and 20 million fit in? Which, which one? <laughs> which one? Because I'm lost. I'm confused. Wait, what is Raul Dimas for? What, what criteria does he fit in? Well, is he, Wait, which box young, does he take? Young, right? But here's 24. The, but, 24. But here's the thing, right? He's not young. The the thing is that I think Raul there, there was a glaring need to, to build up our forward line. And that, that's what I think Raul Dimas So they doubled in. down. They got a starting striker who scored, led the league in goals last year, who wasn't going anywhere anyway because they re-signed him, brought him back, and Sferovic. Rightfully so. The guy deserved it. He did tremendous last year. So then they spent $20 million on a 24-year-old that doesn't according to your criteria, doesn't fit right into the starting 11. And technically, he's not. He's 24, but he's, he's not, not spring the chicken. The anticipation was that Raul Tomaj was going to start. And, and, you know, listen, I anticipated right? a lot of things as well. It never happened. And then they doubled down. They spent another $17 million on Vinicius, who finally, right, the one they least expected anything from, 
to be, you know, he's actually saving their asses. But I mean, just think about that. In another guy, hey, what is he, 23, 24 as well? Vinicius? Yeah. Yeah. Vinicius is right around there. So, I mean, look, you get an opportunity to bring in a team player, a player that knows how to win, a player that is a team player, a player that adds depth to the squad. Right now, you're talking about Nico Gaetan playing on the left side as opposed to a Franco Servi who hustles. Fantastic. He's a professional player. I'm so happy for him. You know what? Double his contract because he hustles, because the rest of the guys walk around on the field. But you have the opportunity to bring a guy in on a free, and Nico Gaetan, who is a team no, I don't want to say he's a lay. He doesn't. He's not in the in the Ozebu legend category. But you know, he's a guy that's been very successful at the club, right? Kids look up to him. Just give him a couple bucks. You don't have to pay nothing for him. And so let's just totally discard him because we can't make any money off of him. It it is ugly. It is despicable. And as a Benfica fan, but, uh, it hurts. Is, I'm serious. Is I'm, that hurts. why you think that that's the real reasons? Because we can't make money off of him. I, I think ultimately, yeah, because they can't turn around and make the main money reason. Off of him. Yeah, it's it's not the main reason. It's the only reason. Right now, for you, okay, Gaetan comes in, has work with the team, gets the physical shape. The physical shape that does he start right now without Rafa, without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shot. And you want you want to know what's even great about Onigo Gaitan, right? Is that everybody keeps talking about he doesn't start because you got PZ and you got Rafa. Yada yada. Nico Gaitan is a guy that played as a second striker. We always we sat here throughout the whole the, the most of the season complaining that we don't have a guy to play in between the lines, a guy that, you know that, that could actually connect the striker and connect the, the, the play. Nico Gaitan could do that as well. JJ never played him in that position. I don't care, but he played under Vitoria. He played under Vitoria. I mean, why not give this guy an opportunity to come back? It doesn't cost you nothing but a few dollars. Who's the better player today? Nico Gaitan or Franco Sarri? Right. You know, I, I think he fits right in. I think he goes right into the 11. Exactly. Answer this. Who's the better player? Nico Gaitan or Sarri? Oh, Gaitan by miles. Nico Gaitan or Kai Lucas? Gaitan. <laughs> that's, that's a no-brainer. Gaitan. I mean, so, so even if he's not better, which... He's to me, he's a better player than Chiquinho. But even if he's not better than Chiquinho, Pizzi, and Rafa, he's better than every other backup. So why not? He, he makes your team deeper at multiple he, positions. Yeah. He, can play, he can play any of those, but it just probably makes too much sense. And Benfica's discarding because of money, and it hurts. It hurts, but because my team is not worried about fielding the strongest team, they're not worried about putting the best quality out on the pitch. They're worried about what's our next lottery ticket. And as a Benfica fan, look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I, I can't. And he that. brings a veteran presence, which I think is sometimes that the team lacks that too. They yeah. they, they lack that that vocal leader. As I mentioned before, he brings in the expertise, brings in the the experience, and he calms these young bucks down. Like guys, yo, yo, come on, yo, you know you're losing in the game to football club Porto at halftime. One's there, everybody's nerve comes. Yo, whoa, 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 relax. We got this, Because you know? now you got has been there, done it. You're gonna as a young player, you're gonna listen to him. As opposed to another kid that came up with you, like, uh, yeah, whatever. I mean, Nico Gaetan is a guy that's going to have a presence in the locker room. He's going to have a presence, you know, as a face of your franchise. He's going to have a presence when it comes to the ticket box, right, to the box office. People people will pay to come out and see Nico Gaetan. A lot of Benfica, I don't think there's a single Benfica that doesn't remember Nico Gaetan's last, mom last moments in a Benfica shirt. When he was crying in tears on the bench, that is some of the most heartfelt, uh, you know, things that I've seen from any Benfica player. That was real. That wasn't fake. That guy loves the club. 
The guy made the, the club a lot of money in titles and, and whatever the hell it was. And then the 30 mil in, in the transfer fee to Atletico Madrid. I get it. Benfica and Atletico Madrid have a history of these phony, funny businesses. But at the end of the day, this is a guy that makes all the freaking sense in the world to bring to bring into a uh, to a team right now that doesn't have tremendous talent that doesn't have tremendous depth. And I don't understand why why they're not even considering it. They need to do something. They're gonna have they're gonna if they plan on on going far in the Europa League, they're gonna have to reinforce that that squad. Now, Tiago, they're talking about Elias Pereira, a left back, to go. I, I don't understand. He's coming on alone. Apparently, to, he's to already play, said. He's to, already confirmed. Yeah, for the B team. For, no, the, the Argentinian. For the B team. And then they're talking about an Italian. Again, it's all B team. I mean, what the hell happened with reinforcing the main squad? Then I had somebody else today. Who the hell was it? Who the hell was I talking to? I forget who, who I was talking to today. I had somebody else today tell me, but Chris, the club. Oh, my boy, John. Sporting East. The club already has the Liga Nord's title wrapped up. Why are they going to spend money, you know, when they have the title wrapped up already? The title's going to be there at the end of the season. They're not going to invest any money. I didn't like that answer, but maybe that's the way they're thinking about it. I don't know what to say. That just goes to show you furthermore that it's if they're reinforcing the B team is to eventually get a return on their investment. And unfortunately, that's what it looks like all these acquisitions are just to to get return on investments in a future date. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. That's all we got for this uh for this week. I mean that's that's enough, right? Um I'm still waiting for you to tell me what box a roll the domestics. I don't know what criteria <laughs> no, no I, I think waiting. that uh, what I wanted to tell you is that at before we signed Raul de Tomaj or we identified that Raul Tomaj we needed that forward line. So he doesn't necessarily, he, he was a guy that right off the bat was identified as a possible starter for the forward line, which we were down to one guy, which was Seferovic. Um, so I think that he didn't need to take the boxes. Well, the box that he takes is that he, he, he was expected to be a starter off the bat, right? A guy that had the output that he had in Spain, uh, at that age, being a guy that was also uh, under contract with Real Madrid, coming into uh, Benfica was seen as a guy. This is a guy that's going to, to grab the starting position and he's going to be our, our starting forward. I think that's the box that he takes most of all. Um, and I, how old is he? 23, 24, 24. All right, so he's still in that in that age that, uh, you know, he's, he's like a Raul Jimenez project. If you want to call it, look, I, I still think we're, we're we're judging the guy way too soon, right? I think he's gonna have an opportunity to to show himself, hopefully, you know, and turn things around, right? 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 I hope so. That'd are be- they gonna Are they gonna let him show it here with the club, or are they gonna loan him oh, out to a Spanish club and let him Dave, produce I, there? I think twenty million speaks more than that. They're gonna have to give him a shot at some point. Um, they can't. They can't. You know, lose that investment now. If you guys go back to, and I think he's got quality. He just, he's not, I don't know what the reasons are. He's not playing well. And look, now so much so, he's not even making the, the match, you know, match day squad list. Okay. But if you guys go back to the Benfica podcast, way, way, but way, 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 when we first signed them, and I complained that Benfica, and I look, to be fair, I complained about Vinicius as well, right? And Vinicius is obviously making me look bad. But I said that Benfica, 
is not a club that is in a position to sign 24 year olds for 20 million that aren't like absolute like like oh this guy's coming this guy's playing no matter what this guy pencil him in and Raul Tomas was never that I don't care who expected him to come in us as the fans right and Bruno Lodge might think some fans know nothing but us as the fans right some of us right know a little something and we never looked at Raul Tomas and said this guy is the first name on the list and I look at it when you're spending when look we're not talking about Real Madrid Manchester City you know, even bum-ass Manchester United recently, right? We're talking about Benfica. When Benfica spends $20 million, and I don't care who it is, where he's from, what position he plays, when Benfica spends $20 million on you, you have to be the first name on the list, on the on the team sheet. You're the first name that's going out on the board. When he's giving out the lineups, you're the first name. You have to. There can't be no maybe... Ah, uh, we expect them. We hope. No, 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 no. Twenty million for Benfica is like three hundred million for Real Madrid. Do you understand? Real Madrid's not spending three hundred million on someone to keep them on the bench and then not call them up on game days. Like that's the equivalent. Okay? Hey, Chris, I got a question for you now. Um, what do you What do you think Raúl uh, de Tomas would come to Benfica for if Benfica hadn't just sold João Felix for one hundred twenty six million? <laughs> that's a good question. What do you mean? Why would he come to? No, 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 no. What, what would you think the price tag would be if? Oh, the price. If they hadn't just sold. Oh, I see. Felix, bro. If I don't think it would be twenty million. Oh, nowhere near. I, I think I think Real Madrid saw an opportunity to to make nine some coin. Nine, not even, not even. I mean, I'm gonna say ten mil because he's a La Liga player and he's young, yeah. twenty four. But. That's maybe twelve. Two two million even. for the asshole tax because of the the that I deal. The because guy. that was that was Luis Fipier mentioned mentioned. Why did you pay so well, much? Now, well, now they got kind of had to pay the straight. Now they out. got twenty. Now they get they got that four times over. Like <laughs> Look, man, I again, I, I just but, I, I mean that's a I that's a great point though. I criticized it then, and I look, he still has an opportunity to score that Golasso and Zenit. Which that the twenty goal, million dollar goal? That that goal ultimately helped us, you know, get out of the group. I mean, do, do we even pay that much for Vinicius if we hadn't we sold uh, Jean Felix? No, you don't pay seventeen million. No. Well, but those are deals that are shady. But again, I I just think that when you're being keeping, you spend that type of money, you can't be a hit. You can't miss. You can't miss. I'm no, hundred percent. I'm with you. You're looking at the guy. He's in the stands. He's not even on the bench. Yeah. I mean, how how? Or you Bruno Lage or any coach, and you okay? A tw- I mean, again, this is the equivalent of Zinedine Zidane okaying a three hundred million dollar deal, and then putting the guy in the stands. It just what what, bro? There's a lot of uh, questions going around at Benfica right now, and I think he's very lucky that Vinicius is playing to the level that he's been playing lately. Because had he been a flop as well, I mean, think about what the hell would have been going on. Just think about it. That's thirty-seven million. Yeah, I think that Vinicius is definitely making up for for that. Um, parting thoughts, Tiago. I'll start with you, man. Um, I I just hope that that they can continue this 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 run and and continue to to play you know the attractive uh, soccer they've been playing and and go into the new year and um. Just like Chris was saying before about his friend saying we have the 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 league of Nage in the bag. Nothing's ever in the bag. We we proved that last year with when Lodge took over seven points 
behind Porto and we were able to, to overcome that. So nothing's ever in the bag. You got to play every game like it's a final and just keep pecking away at it until it's finally out of the reach. There was a clown here on the Mefica podcast that way back <laughs> August after two Chris, games. Chris, you stole it from me. I was going to ask you, it's December 17th. We're about uh, eight days from Christmas. Are you willing to go back on record and uh, say that Benfica's got this on the, in the bag now that it's uh, Christmas time here? It's not 15 points, as I stated, but uh, you know they still got the lead, a nice, comfortable no, four-point lead. If Benfica wins the league by four points, which is the lead that they hold right now, you could say that it was wrapped up <laughs> By Christmas, well, if they, yeah. If they if they hold if they don't, if I'm they just don't, trying to help you out. Chris. No, you're but if they don't give up the lead, if they don't give up the the, the lead, you know, they, they just hold on to first place until the end of the season. Yeah, it was wrapped up. It was wrapped up uh, November. Ooh, that's a good question, Dave. Did you hear that? Last when was time? the last no. time you JJ, won a championship by uh, four points or, or more? JJ's last year because it, it's been pretty tight. Even the one we went down to the wire with Sporting, I think that was only it one. was 86, 80. Last I mean, 88, 86. I'm sorry, 88, 86. That's still Sporting's record breaking point out point uh, output 86. Most goals scored, and Benfica was out, you know, able to, to nip them in the butt. By uh, two points, eighty-eight, which is still the league record for most points in a single season no, but in the league. What, what championship has Benfica won? JJ's with... last year. JJ's last year. I think JJ's last year. No, no, Rui Vitoria had won the league by, uh, let's see, here, six points. Uh, the for the uh, Tetra. That was his first year. Then what? What they do the year before? No, that no, was the second year. The first year was uh, the JJ year when JJ went to Sporting. That was a close one. And then Vitoria won two in a row. No, what about the one before that? The one before the la JJ's last year. That's what I'm asking about. So 88, 86, right? Points wise. Give me the season previous. Let's see. You gotta give him years, dude. He's, he has it in front of him. That would have been 14. What? JJ's last year. They the would have been uh, B campeons, right? Yeah, but, but what? then. So that that was a three point eighty five. Benfica finished with eighty five. Uh, Porto finished with eighty two. Okay, I was wrong. I thought four. I was close. So then I guess the answer to your to your trivia question is a uh, Vitoria second year. Professor Bomb second year six points lead six point lead. JJ's uh, in 2013-2014, It was a seven point lead. In uh, 2013, 2014, but here, bro. Yeah, JJ the, left after the, winning the, two titles in a yeah, row. Yeah, the three was yeah. the first, the second. But he said the first. But he said it was the three. He said three or the tetra. He said tetra. Tetra was the big. Uh, yeah. Was tetra. the six points. I don't know why they do that tetra shit. When I think of tetra, I think of three. But I don't know why they messed that up. They messed me all up, man. My bad. Sorry, sorry. You got to think about this tetra and tripa. Sorry, man. Parting thoughts, bro. Oh, I already gave my 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 parting thoughts. Want to give um? You want to give your your Twitter to uh, everyone? Yeah, uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at sauce underscore slb. Don't follow this guy. He's wearing a Washington uh, Nationals hat. Actually, I, I knew you were gonna say I'm I'm a diehard Yankees fan, but the only reason I like this hat, I'll tell you why. It's red and it has the W for Benfica. Just, just keep winning. There's a method to the madness. This guy's a Yankees fan wearing a, a Nationals hat. I, 
Do they even play in the same conference? No. So you're a Yankees fan. You're a Yankees fan. Forget conference league. You're a Yankees fan. Why don't you have Boston Red Sox after a B, Bamfee? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Those are rivals. Like me wearing Washington's not a rival. Like me wearing a Chicago Cubs or Cincinnati Reds or Cleveland because it says Chris with the C. Come on, it makes about oh sauce underscore SLB, right? Yep. Sauce underscore SLB. You can find, you can find <laughs> us on Twitter uh, at ten co ten at eighty seven do eighty seven at Pifiga Podcast is uh, is all our Twitters uh, at Pifiga uh, at Talking to the Doll with D being D A as for you Bruno uh, and uh, we're on Facebook we're on Instagram you know interact with us hit us up whatnot what's Bruno's Instagram. Bruno's, yeah, yes, our producer. No, Instagram? what's your, uh, your, uh, your yeah, handle. what's your Instagram? What's your Bruno Amar? Bruno Amar. É muito romantic, pa. And it's Twitter is Bruno's mind. If you want to get bored with Benfica content, follow this guy. <laughs> hey, uh, Alfredo, I just wanted to thank you guys for uh, the opportunity to uh, let me come on here and uh, discuss Benfica with you guys. And uh, like you know, I'm, I've been a longtime listener way before you guys even hit your 100th episode. Um, and as you guys know, I used to be a cross-country driver. And um, many, many, many nights on uh, on the road, I listened to you guys, and you guys were, were my companions through uh, those uh, rough stretches of uh, roads in the U.S. And uh, I want to thank you guys for the great work that you guys do. And uh, you got you always got a listener in me. Really, hey, really, man, really nice man. of you, man. Kind, kind words. We totally appreciate the support, bro. To me, what shocks me is that you never fell asleep and drove off the road listening to it. <laughs> that is the biggest accomplishment of Infinity Podcast. Great uh, job, bro. Glad that we were able to keep you company on those uh, lonely hours. And I, I know that I uh, know he's lonely, bro. Being a driver. Well, I mean, they got a bed in the back. You never know. Those rest stops. Yeah, I see that shit in movies. I wouldn't be lonely if she was with me. He goes, lunchbox. You got a phone. All right, everyone. We will be back next week. Next week is Christmas week. We're uh, we're probably gonna get an episode to you. Yeah, feel free uh, to send Christmas gifts to us if uh, you know. No, we're not gonna say except no. Jafush. Jafush already sent. Oh, we Christmas need more, gifts. bro. We need more. Um. Yeah, ne next week we'll we'll figure out if we're going to uh, put out an episode early since uh, uh, Tuesday is is Christmas Eve and and obviously Wednesday is Christmas Day, so we might get something to you uh, on Monday night. Um, on Patreon, baby, nine dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's going up. It's going up now, eh? Going up. Dave, always good to see you. Let's get to back. Yeah, man, pleasure, um, pleasure having you on, man. Really good, man. Uh, any projects you want to plug, man? I know that uh, you got some things that sometimes you're part of. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, um, this was actually very, this was my first time on a podcast not being a host. So it was kind of a different different approach. Uh, but I do have a, a podcast um, that I just started, we just started recording again. Um, it's, uh, you can find us on Twitter uh, at True Gamers Podcast. It's a TRU g-a-m-e-r-z uh podcast and you can listen to our podcast also on uh spotify um pretty much we just talk about just current games and and what we think of them um across 
any platform playstation xbox pc um so yeah follow me bro hit me up All on right. playstation cool. bust your ass and pro clubs we can talk yeah, about, I, I about that, about that. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care, everyone. See you again next week. Later.